Welcome to your Optimal Personal Economy podcast with Justin Bennett. Your personal economy is your ability to create, protect, preserve, and utilize your wealth, your financial world. Justin will share strategies and stories to help you optimize your personal economy. Now, on to the show with Justin Bennett and co-host Matt Halloran. Hello and welcome to another podcast with Justin Bennett. Today we're going to talk about reverse pension max. Now, Justin, uh, you know I've been doing this for a long time. I don't know what that means. Sure. So, Matt, I think what I have found over the years that for those few people that do remain in the marketplace that will be fortunate enough to have a pension and assuming they are married, there's this discussion that is highlighted around the spouse who is going to be retiring and the fact that he or she has a pension. And it's often the case that they are given a number of different pension income options. It's typically a single life, meaning the pension is going to pay out over that person's life. Mm -hmm. And then upon that person's passing, the surviving spouse would no longer receive any sort of an income from the pension Or there's what they call a joint and survivor pension option, which means that for a slightly discounted amount, they the the two spouses will receive income. And if the person with the pension predeceases the other spouse, the surviving spouse will continue with some level of income from the pension. Okay. So it becomes a conversation and ultimately a decision that is geared around, okay, do I take this single life pension payout, which we've seen to be about 20 to 30, in some cases, 40% higher than a joint and survivor payout. Wow. But, you know, I think what people are inclined to look at is buying life insurance that would sit behind that single life payout and compare that to the joint and survivor payout. And so, you know, although that conversation should continue and is a very valid conversation. I think what is very much discussed and what we like to talk about is in that same fact pattern when you have husband wife and one of the two is going to be receiving his pension and therefore there's going to be this joint and survivor or single life pension option. We like to explore what happens if let's say a joint and survivor pension is decided on and therefore there's no life insurance on either of the two spouses. And let's say, let's use uh, names, Joe and Sue, okay? And so Joe is the spouse who had been working at the organization and therefore is eligible for the pension. So Joe says, hey, I don't want my wife Sue to not receive any sort of an income. So we're going to just go with the joint and survivor. And so I would say that's probably the more common decision anyway. But if we play that out a little bit and we talk in terms of reverse pension max, well, it could easily be the case. And we've seen it many times before. But what if the joint and survivor pension option is selected, but Sue predeceases Joe? So what then happens is Joe, the husband, is left receiving this pension income. His spouse has passed away. However, had he elected to take the single life, it would have been a much higher income to him that would have been continuing post his wife's passing. So what I think oftentimes is not discussed is the reverse, the opposite, you know, the non-pension recipient and what happens if 
that person were to pass away under a joint and survivor payout? And how do we do what's called a reverse pension maximization move and not just the mainstream pension maximization move? Does that make sense? It, it does make sense. But that begs the question, how do you make the decision or or how do you and again, I'm not putting you uh, I'm trying not to put you specifically on the spot to talk about products. So I know we're not allowed to do that. But when it comes to, you know, who then do they both carry life insurance just in case? How do you figure that out? I mean, this seems one, like a difficult conversation, Justin. And then the second thing is, you know, from a strategy perspective and from a product knowledge perspective, this is some seriously advanced stuff. Well, you know, although it's advanced, we want to make it simple to the client and to the consumer because they want and appreciate simplicity. They don't want complexity. And so what we would say, Matt, to that is that, you know, it clearly requires planning meaning getting out in front of what can and will happen in the future and not trying to force decisions in a short-term period prior to retirement. So I think consideration should be given to one's planning well in advance, like 15 years, 20 years prior in the event that they have a pension. And, And this conversation should be had as early as possible, not as close to retirement as possible, which you know, I know that in and of itself is counterintuitive because, you know, people walk the streets who do have a pension and just say, I've got a pension, the end, and don't give it any consideration. Don't talk about it. Don't look at different scenarios and how to plan for it and maximize it. And in, in some cases, like we're talking about here, reverse maximize the pension. So I think we got to have that conversation as early as we can hmm. with our clients mm-hmm. and not have a bravado type attitude hmm. that, hey, I've got a pension, I don't have to talk about it, and therefore I don't have to do any planning around it. You know, and I think that in and of itself is is probably a different a different perspective mm-hmm. than, uh, and I think a lot of the callers that may have pensions, it's my hope that they're, you know, thinking about their situation and how this may apply to them. And those that I think start to focus on some some real planning well in advance are the ones that are going to win out and maximize overall income to them and to their families and the greatest wealth potential possible. So I think we need to we need to get at it early mm-hmm. and be able to run through these different scenarios. But I think specifically, Matt, what we need to do is start with some context. And the way we do that is we are able to not look at the clients or talk to the clients that we're serving and say, hey, Joe, hey, Sue, you're going to die because your dad died at 72 and therefore you're going to die at 72. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's that's a normal conversation that mm-hmm. people are having and therefore we, we don't want to have that conversation. We want to come at it from the perspective of, okay, you know, Joe, you're 55 years young, you're healthy and you're a male. Let's put you in a mm-hmm. pool of other 55-year mm-hmm. young males who are healthy and let's come up with an accurate statistical representation around probabilities when you will be living versus not living. Mm-hmm. And so if we're able to look at it from that from that perspective, oftentimes in that case that I just outlined, there's like a 50% probability that that, that, that male will be living at the age of 88 
And so that's a long, that's a long time. And it's probably contrary Mm -hmm. to what they think or feel or what they are convincing themselves to think. But I think we need to come at it from that factual, refreshing perspective. So we look at life expectancies. And once we have that, that context, that framework around life expectancies, we can then make very intelligent, clear, and purposeful decisions around our planning and our money. Now, I, I have a limited understanding of, of life insurance, but when you were just talking about, you know, 55 and, and you've said how important it is to start the planning process early, isn't that also because if you're going to use this reverse pension max technique that the younger the clients are, the le- less expensive the overall thing's going to be because the younger you are and the healthier you are, doesn't that make your insurance a little bit less generally? That's, that is accurate. Okay. And so, and so what we try to do with our clients with all financial decisions, not just life insurance, is we try to make a decision and make an assessment to say which decisions, whether it be investment-based or Mm insurance-based, which decisions are going to cost more Mm -hmm. in the future than what the decision would cost today. Mm -hmm. And when you start to have that conversation and that analysis, again, you could make very, very clear decisions on where to deploy your new money onto your balance sheet to maximize your planning. Hmm. So I think having an understanding around what you just outlined, Matt, is, mm-hmm. is very critical. Okay. Uh, just a quick math question, and then we can wrap up this Reverse Pension Mac podcast. So if, if there was such a huge difference between the joint or the individual, well, I actually, you know, I'm going to rewind. I, I'm, I, how many people do you run into? So from a listener perspective, how many people have pensions? It just seems to me that... Um, how many people have pensions, Justin? I'm sorry. I'm just I'm baffled by the fact that you're still running into people who have that. So great question. I would say the minority okay. definitely have pensions. However, I'm going to make one closing point, which I think applies to every listener. And I think every listener is looking to accumulate and build wealth, money, investments, money in the bank, and have several million dollars And then ultimately be able to take that lump of money Mm -hmm. and convert it into income. Mm -hmm. So I think to your question, I think that there may not be a lot of listeners that have pensions that are going to be part of their employment or their organization, though I think that people, most of the listeners, if not all of the listeners, would love to get to a point in time where they have accumulated millions of dollars And now we can have the conversation around how do we make our own private like Mm -hmm. pension Mm -hmm. on this money to the extent that you're able to live on a certain stream of income without outliving it, without disinheriting one another and be able to live the lifestyle that you want to be able to live. Okay, that was a great summary. Uh, that that is way 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 clearer now, and I love that idea. I mean, that that is kind of almost the American dream, isn't it, Justin? To to be able to have amassed enough money to basically create your own pension like system. Absolutely, I think everybody would like it. It does take some discipline. It does take mm-hmm. some responsibility, and it does take accountability. And the good news is, you know, Matt, that might be a good place for for us to 
you know, pick up our next episode. Yeah. And so thanks for your time today. Yeah. Hey, thank you for your time and your thought leadership. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, make sure you click that subscribe now button below. That way, every time Justin comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And it also makes it easy to share. If you know somebody who would like to have this level of conversation, especially early on in their life, so they can do some really great planning, please make sure that you reach out and give Justin's office a call. And with that, we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon.